welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Conduits. I am Danica. And I am... What's my name again? Jesse. Let's do it. Let's do it. They think I'm Jesse, right? They don't know who I really am. Mm. Okay. You haven't told anyone. That you've been replaced? We haven't spoke about this. That I murdered the real Jesse and replaced you. Yeah. They don't know that. I haven't mentioned it, no. Okay. I went down a very different path in my head, but you took that joke straight to murder, so can see who's insane in this relationship right off the bat like i said before i think i'm fine (laughs) we're actually arguing earlier over who's more likely to be in a mental asylum imagining their reality of the two of us and people listening if you know us and if you know the both of us or if you know one of us have a quick guess just in your mind just pick one just who's more likely to be completely insane and of course we're all equally as likely but if one of us was slightly more likely you know, we had our votes on each other. I'd love to hear some kind of feedback for this question. Actually, <laughs> Please, that'd be great. My vote was probably on me as well. You vote yourself too. Yeah, okay. if I'm being completely honest. Okay, that's good. So then I'm not insane because we both think you're insane. Does that make me not insane then? Because I am aware. Because you have awareness. Oh, that's a good question. Do you have emotions yet? And do you have awareness of those emotions? Yeah, I have emotions. Okay, so then you're probably not insane. I guess. Okay. Let's talk about emotions, though. We had a cool topic today. We have a cool topic today. It is vulnerability. This is a peculiar one for a lot of people, but one that I find always very natural, and I feel blessed to have been raised with two siblings who have always helped me, you know access vulnerability very two naturally sisters. two sisters yeah. yes and i've pretty much always had female dogs i don't know if that says anything about like the feminine energy being surrounded by me constantly and then my mom who's kind of the uh she's the dominant one in the household <laughs> so yeah lots of females around me constantly and i feel like that had a big impact on how i approach i approach uh, emotional intelligence and emotions in general But being vulnerable was always very natural to me. And I always, you know, whenever I was growing up and going to kids' houses when I was younger, I always found it peculiar that there were so many boys who were not able to be vulnerable. Did you notice that when you were younger? I probably noticed that in my teens, actually, where some kids were more inclined to cry and some kids were more inclined to go and smash things or or, um, beat themselves up in some way or attack something outside themselves. And I've done all these things. You know, it. I, I get, I get it, but I'm more inclined to be vulnerable and talk to someone, and it works for me. What about you? Um, I think that being raised as an only child, I have a natural inclination to just keep things to myself, really hold them inside of myself, retreat into your shell. Yeah, and so vulnerability. The reason we're talking about vulnerability today is because it's been a huge theme for me recently, and I think that for the past. I would say for the past year or so, I've just been, I, I, I've been very vulnerable for the last year or so. I've been very, very vulnerable and I haven't been able to settle into that space of being vulnerable, even with myself, let alone with others. And then facing a lot of different themes surrounding that. Like how does that lack of vulnerability with myself and others impact my life and my psyche? Mm. How does it actually, like, what is your relationship with vulnerability outside of just retreating inwards when it comes to actually expressing it 
what ha- what comes up for you? Or does anything when come it comes, up for you? So when I'm feeling vulnerable. You're feeling vulnerable. Tell me the difference between you feeling vulnerable in yourself and you feeling vulnerable in, an, in a socially connective way. Um, feel, okay, that's an interesting question. Like, what are the differences between those two types how, of How do you experience both those vulnerabilities? Yeah. How does it come across to you physiologically? Well, I think that... Mentally. I, I, I feel like they're one and the same. Like, if I'm feeling vulnerable within myself, that extends to feeling vulnerable in the presence of others. And then are you, are you very likely then to go and start communicating vulnerably? No. And, and, and I think the big thing is that I don't mm. allow myself to access my vulnerability with myself. And so that creates a blockage when, I, when it comes to communicating that oh, to others. Okay, so it does. It is the whole retreat into your shell and you just block the emotion from coming yeah. to you. It's not, it's not just retreating into my shell away from other people. It's, it's like boxing off. The way that I'm feeling or, or, or oh, not necessarily okay. like consciously or like willingly, but not quite knowing what to do with it. Mm. Like when I'm feeling really down, really tender, I think for myself, because I spent so much time coming away from like my dark place mentally and emotionally, I, I did a really good job of, of becoming really stable and structured and, and building myself up and having like routines and being productive and being, um, really like self-sufficient constantly and doing strong, things. like constantly doing. And I think that in, te- in terms of like mastering my mentality and my mindset, I did like a really, really great job. But then as I've gone through this last year of upheaval, that leaving me in, in an emotionally like tender space, I haven't known how to drop past my, like my structures and my mindsets and whatnot to really, access this well of feeling and be able to like channel it or do anything with it. Like Mm. I don't, I don't naturally at this point in time seem to be able to access my feeling in the moment. Like, Oh, I'm feeling sad now. Let me go into that. Let me sit with that. Let me process that. Let me move through it. Let me express it. Let me move on. And so I tend to get like, when I get, when I start to feel emotionally vulnerable, I tend to stagnate where I, I become still and I become indecisive and I am uncertain and I start to feel anxious and I start to feel confused and frazzled. And I think I've spent a lot of time in the last year in those kind of spaces. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's happening to me. I don't mm. I feel very confused. I feel very lost. We've all been there. Oh my God. Everyone can relate to that. That is such a, I guess it's just a necessary part of life. And if you want to try and label it, which is maybe unnecessary, but we've talked on this podcast about toxic masculinity, that would be toxic femininity, which would be so passive and receptive that you don't even have awareness of what's happening. You don't even have an ability to make a decision. You are just stuck. You are stagnant. And why I, why I would use the word toxic is because it's it's not even femininity. It's beyond that. It's being so receptive. So unlikely to make a decision and do something and then having that actually be a barricade for you well it's it's all it's almost like this 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 swing between being too much of that masculine yang energy and then so, so like not allowing myself to just soften into what i'm feeling and trying mm. to keep keep those like routines and structures and productivity up like keep doing what i'm doing and not really feel into what i'm feeling and then eventually i become 
like I, I, I start drowning in my feeling. And so I'm dragged out of that mm. real like masculine drive. And then I just fall into this real feminine, like I am, I am grounded now. I can't move. I can't mm. do anything with myself. So it's like, you I'm always trying to, I'm always just... trying to do, do, do my way through my emotions until I am forced to just completely surrender, surrender. But then I don't even think I can like go in those moments, like actually surrender and lean into just being in a difficult space. Mm. So I've, I personally really feel like I've been going through a huge upheaval and transformation in the last year where my internal states are unrecognizable. Yeah. I don't know what to... When you say unrecognizable, can you elaborate a bit more? Yeah, like, so the years before that, like, the, like before last year, I would say I had a really good firm basis of like, this is me. This is what I love doing. This is where, this is what my goals are. This is how I'm slowly getting there each and every day. This is what I do for myself to keep myself stable, to keep myself going, to keep my, um, my moods. Like, like I was very positive, very energized, gotcha. very confident, very inspired and inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I really had this, like this energy. And then in the last year, I've just been so flattened, so tired, um, less productive, less driven, less motivated, less positive. And I'm really losing all of these like pillars, like all of these foundations that I had built for myself. I'm not losing, but they're not really providing the structure and stability in the way that they used to, where it's like, Mm. I can get up and do the whole like daily routine thing, but I can feel empty within that. So there's just interesting. Yeah. I think there's this whole, like from talking to different people and reflecting on this, there's this real shift from, okay, now you've really done a good job of mastering your mentality, Danica, Mm. but can we come back to the heart and soften and open? Um, and, and I feel like I am, I am, I feel like it's like surrender and vulnerability and emotional processing is where I'm at right now. And that's been really difficult to drop into from that real strong mind based space Mm. of being. Does that make sense? I think it does. And it makes me want to relate back to the genders actually. Because when you are being fulfilled by routine, structure, you know, um, constant self-reflection, habits that serve you, you, you mentioned that it fulfills you and you mentioned that when you try to do it today, it's not fulfilling you. So it seems like it's this game of who am I amongst the masculine energy? And then you've had the coin flip onto the other side. Now you're on the other side of everything and you're going, well, you're trying to figure out who am I amongst the feminine energy? And of course it's unfamiliar because it's not natural to you. It hasn't been what sustained you for the last few years. So it's going to take some time to recalibrate and answer that question. How do I navigate this feminine energy and we are as beings on planet earth constantly interfacing with both feminine and masculine energy in everything we do or receive but it really comes down to those two things one is doing and one is receiving yeah um and And i think i've leaned hard into the masculine energy because that got me out of my funk it got you it it got you into a good place yeah and so part of me again later in life and so part of me like softening again i have this fear of falling back into that space that I was in previously Mm. but but it's not just like so it's interesting that I am like I am being pushed back into that embodiment of feminine energy if we want to call it that because it's also like externally everything that's happening in in the world and my world is also forcing me to go there so it's it's like back when I was really in that like masculine energy mind-based stable place my world was very stable like Mm. I had 
I, I, it was reliable. Whereas now my long-term visions have all softened and it doesn't matter anymore about the long-term goals almost. Like mm. it doesn't, it's not about then, it's about now very much so. Whereas before it was like plan, plan for the future, plan for the future. And now it's like, you don't know what your future's going to, like you, I genuinely no longer have a clear cut path mm, so um, like and not of, be... not of my own accord. Like it's not my fault. It's just the nature of things as they are right now. And so it, it's like, even my external worlds has been forcing me to go through this emotional upheaval. And like, mm. even in my own personal life, like I shared about losing my bird and my mom going through her whole health journey. It was like, I was slipping into this state before all of that happened. Yeah. And then all of those things happening was just another reminder of like keep dropping keep dropping like keep falling into that space like you're like your your comfort zone is being torn away from you because this is the place that you're needing to go to so what i find most intriguing about the place you're in is that you are constantly being dragged back to presence your whole world you said is less reliable right now and you were planning for the future constantly but you're not able to have that kind of foresight or forethought because you've seen or tasted unpredictability. And now it's constantly keeping you on your toes as to being ready for anything that could come. Yeah. And it, well, that's what I've been saying to you. Like presence seems to be the only way through it, like presence and trust. And, and you think that these lessons of presence are going to be like really divine and really like beautiful. Like you sit in nature and you really connect and you take time away, blah, 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 blah. And for me, what's been forcing me into presence presence is like this year of depression, like straight up. Like mm. I've been, I've fallen hard into a depression and I'm not labeling that in like the clinical psychology sense. I'm labeling that in like the, just how you're feeling. Just, just how I'm feeling. It is a depression in energy in every sense of the word mental energy physical energy emotional energy it's all low it's heavy it's icky and it's and there's no point in trying to go into the past or the future from this space and so like that's forcing me into presence first and foremost Mm. but second of all it's like every day is a different emotion every day is a different mental state every day is a different like desire to be somewhere different, to be doing something different. And that is so unheard of for me. Like that, I know, I'm almost shocked hearing those words coming to your mouth. Yeah, I thrive off of routine and stability mm-hmm. and like familiar comforts. And and that's the thing, like I, like mentally, so like when I'm bypassing this state of being, which it's my natural default to be like, to lean into my, to my comfort zone, to like lean into the routine and to lean into the familiarity and to lean into the practices that have always kept me stable, but I do those things and I feel empty through it because it's, because it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. It's Mm. I'm, I'm still not accessing this well of emotion inside of me that is causing or, or that is just present through all of this. Mm. I think the cool thing about this place, this new constant reminder of presence is that that's when you can really have some insane, deep, mystical experiences. And you will have things that will shake you to your core. Routine is fantastic. And routine serves everyone no matter what. But if you're doing it and it's bringing you nothing but emptiness, and you're being guided and constantly leaning towards trying something new because of the uncertainty, uncertainty can be a bad thing, but that can also be flipped. You can rephrase it and just call it mystery. And from that perspective, you can turn the uncertainty into excitement. 
Yeah, it's like leaning into like a bit of the chaos energy side mm. of life where it's the spontaneity and the yeah. unpredictability. And it's a very esoteric journey. Like it's always an esoteric journey with me. And that's what I've come to acknowledge because I really had to get real with myself during this period of time. I'm like, am I actually losing my mind again? And am I slipping? Do I need therapy? And maybe like, yes, yes, and yes. As but- for the begin- introduction, probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Everyone's, everyone's telling me to get it. I'm just like... Yeah, but no, I don't want to. Um, no, I actually do. But uh, that's a, a different thing. But um, but it, it, I, I really, it, like you're right. Like there is still so much room for for the synchronicity and the spirit and mm-hmm. and the divine the divine guidance. It 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 continues to come through in the fuckiest of times. Like I am certain that things are not going right and and that I am not myself and that I am not doing things right and that I am in a funk and I am like not aligned and yet I end up in these weird circumstances where these beautiful lessons play out or these beautiful affirmations come through like we've just had we've had moments together Mm. Uh, yeah and and it and and these affirmations and and like divine moments come through when I can actually just drop the resistance and be like, cool, things aren't going the way that I want or expect them to. Cool, I'm not feeling so great right now. But can I actually just keep rolling with it and keep trusting? And um, that's like the hardest thing where it's like these these affirmations are coming. Like the thing about like affirmations and synchronicities, it's not always just fluffy rainbows and sunshine. I get affirmations and synchronicities when the death of something I love is involved. I get synchronicities and affirmations when I am literally in a really dark headspace thinking of doing terrible things. Like, so it, it, it's like, it's this, it's this like ongoing narrative of like, you are on your path. You are on your path. Exactly, you are on your path. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like some, some people might say like, Oh, you need to get back to that like productive um, structured routine. Like you need to do all of those things that kept you well. And it's like, no, actually I really truly feel that that has served its purpose. But as somebody who is so invested in constant growth, like constant growth, it is serving me to be ripped away from my comfortable mindset because I, it, it doesn't serve my purpose to have a familiar state of mind constantly. Like I need to expand. And especially when I settled into like the 25, 26 year old, like now I'm an adult. Now my brain is less plastic. I think it's important to be like forced into thinking differently, forced into living differently, forced into feeling differently because otherwise maybe I just stay that super hyperproductive, courageous, inspiring Danica forever. But like, that's actually boring. <laughs> it's boring if it's repetitive. It, it was getting repetitive. Yeah. Then I would see that this is a good change and it's only going to add to who you are as a person. I don't think you ever lose the... The foundation. The foundation, yeah. all the routine, all that stuff. You don't lose it. I know I'm going to come back to it eventually, but yeah. it's going to be integrated within these practices mm. where I'm actually feeling what I need to feel and I'm actually mm. holding space for my own vulnerability. I agree. Yeah. And, and to come back to vulnerability, I really think that in terms of like miracles on earth, they occur when you believe in the world as a mysterious place. When you believe in the world as a rigid as you see, so it is kind of place. When you believe in that, you're not going to experience much amongst the magical and esoteric. And we've discussed this before in, in previous episodes. However, how this relates to you and vulnerability, I think is really intriguing because it would seem as if you're invited to delve into mystery. And it's funny, like just going to the beach with you. 
I watch you sometimes, you know, prance around the shoreline like it's too cold, it's too cold. Then when you go in, you don't just dive in. You swim like 300 meters out, like <laughs> as far as you can go. And you just keep going. And I'm just like, the water's here and it's there. Like, why do you have to be there and not here? I don't know. To be honest, I don't really care. Like, you do what you want. But I find it interesting how once you dive in, you just go for it and you just go deep. And I think you're being invited to, to do the same thing here on an emotional level. Because you mentioned earlier how you experience vulnerability within yourself and then within social situations as the same. And then and I got, it got me feeling peculiar because it's definitely not the same for me. When I'm feeling vulnerable, I experience it within myself and I usually do one of two things. I either go seek out a conversation where I can immediately be vulnerable and just say what I'm feeling or I retreat inwards to externalize musically so i use it i turn it into an emotion and shed it mm -hmm. release it through that means whereas with you in both situations you have to kind of box yourself to keep the pain in which is kind of counter counterintuitive completely and what i think is really interesting to come to come back to the element of mystery is to to note that although you are feeling you know, you've gone through bouts of depression, low energy, and you're feeling like routine is not serving you right now, you're in a new place. And it kind of reminds me how you might be standing on the shoreline being ready to dive in, but it seems like you've dove in, but now you're just doing your normal thing of swimming out, say 300 meters. You're like, you've swam out like 50 meters and you're like kind of stopped for a second and keep it keeping on going. So to get to that 300 meter mark where you normally end up naturally, keeping on like moving towards there would require would require quite a shift in mindset and it would require a flip of yes I'm low yes I'm depressed but it's all new it's all different it's all new and that's exciting yeah that's kind of a, a flip I would try and make in my mind and I've obviously tried to make that before and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah. but that kind of mental alchemy and trying to take a situation that is unfamiliar and finding a reason why it's actually a positive thing, it's a hard thing to do. And sometimes I need help doing it. And so I'll go talk to people and sometimes they'll help me with that. But it's one of those things that once you have that positive energy towards the situation, well, that's when I really think you will start experiencing that new level of depth I was talking about. There's a few things. Mystical stuff. Yeah. A few things that you said really resonate with me. I'll, I'll try and go through a few of them, but but one of the things I will say is I think I got, I think I really got good at the whole mental alchemy thing where it's like going through a really up, like a really dark period of time and understanding why that was a positive lesson. Yeah. I've seen and, you really good at that. Well, I, I've done that before and had like, I've lost something. And in that moment of like complete, complete agony, I have been like Danica, you can see how this is a cosmic lesson, right? And that thing actually came back oh, to me. That's so hard. But, but I, see, I see what you no, mean. No, but the thing came back to me. So oh. so I was so I literally like I've had this relationship with the world where I was like, I see the lesson here and I'm instantly or almost instantly rewarded for it. Where like the lesson comes through immediately. But this is not where I'm at. Mental alchemy is easy for me. I can always understand how going through these periods of upheaval is for the better. 
it's not about mental alchemy. It's about emotional alchemy where it's about really feeling in that moment that this sadness is valid and that it will pass and that it is for the greater good. Like I don't want to feel the emotions that underlie a negative experience. And Mm. I really... I do box and I do bottle them up. And so that's where it comes to being vulnerable with myself or others. Like I will be, I, I recognize that I will be having a conversation about being in a dark place, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling the sadness and the frustration and the agony. And I'm not, I'm not like dropped into that emotion. So do you get what I'm saying? Like mentally I can perceive all of it, but I don't think I can emotionally perceive all of it or I'm not like, emotionally available to be like hey Danica like yes there's a cosmic lesson here but fuck it hurts fuck you're in pain and and like even having lost my birth a few months ago like like that pain I think that should like it could be more prominent part of my everyday but I do have this underlying like I don't want to think about it. I don't want to go there I don't know how to access that it's a fresh wound it's a fresh wound but like understandable but yeah, like, so, so that's just an example of it. But another thing is I really resonate with the whole, like waiting along the shore, like walking along the shoreline versus like being immersed in the water. Mm-hmm. And I think it actually does feel like that. And, and of course, like water is the element that relates to the emotional body. And so I think that's actually quite accurate for the way that I interact with water, where I'm always drawn to, I always want to be in it, be in it, be in it. And then like, once I'm touching it, I'm like, uh, I'm not uh, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And like, as soon as I'm in it, I'm fucking like all in, Mm -hmm. but getting into it and like allowing myself to immerse myself in the emotional experience or in like the element of water, it takes a lot to get me into it. But then once I'm into it, I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess like I do love, like I do value that space a lot, I guess, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I'm still learning how to like not process with the mind first and foremost mm. all of the time. I see what you mean. And to not be like feeling sad and being like, this is why you're feeling sad and this is what you're learning from it. It's like, yeah, cool, but fucking also just be sad. For Sometimes you just have to be sad. Yeah. For me, that's the quickest way to feeling better is just giving the emotion the space and the attention it's trying to receive. And see, this is where like the emotion will come up, but then I'll be like, okay, Danica, now you need to, now you know what to do to feel better. You must do this. You must do that. You must keep moving. You must journal. You must Mm. do this and that. And it's like, even in that, it's like, am I really getting the opportunity to feel what I need to feel? Mm. I don't know. But so one of the other reasons I wanted to talk about vulnerability in today's episode was I really crave like I was having this conversation with a friend recently, like I really crave emotional intimacy where I have, I love connecting with people like fully, like fully exposed eye to eye, heart to heart, like being with somebody and seeing them fully and them seeing me fully. And I think I crave that in my relationships, but I had just this period of time recently where I was like, shit, like you're craving that and you're trying to hold space for that when it comes to other people, but you're not holding space for that within yourself. And then you are unable to get there with other people. And therefore, why would they ever be that vulnerable and intimate with you? Do you get what I'm saying? And so I was having this conversation with you earlier, Jesse, where it's like, I inherently like in a good space, like from, from my, from my like doing well state of being the, the interaction the social interaction process does not come naturally to me. Like when I'm interacting with somebody, I am very aware of the fact that I am interacting with them. I am like, cool, Mm. you're having a conversation. You are breathing deeply. You are trying to keep your body relaxed. Like I'm very, I'm not like fully 
it doesn't come naturally to me. It doesn't, it's not like easy breezy all the time. Um, and so when I'm in a space of upheaval, that connecting process with somebody is so much more difficult because I am like, how do I show up? How do I, do I hold back? Like, am I going to be seen? Is there anybody who can see me in this? And I think that many people may be able to relate to that. It's like when you're going through something so dark and twisted within yourself, you're like, nobody's going to see me in this. Nobody can see me in this, but it's like, how much are you actually allowing yourself to be seen in that? And how much are you seeing yourself in that space? Exactly. I was going to, like ask you those questions, but those are the questions. 100%. If you can't be vulnerable with yourself, I, I mean, I, I would actually rephrase something you said. If you're craving emotional vulnerability and emotional connection deeply, where you are sitting with someone, they're sitting with you, you guys are sitting with all of each other and you are connecting on every level and communicating, I think you're actually craving that with yourself. Well, that's exactly what I'm... Yeah, well... That's the first thing. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, like you don't even need the other person to be there. Well, to some extent, yes, because of course you can crave social. Okay, but like that's how that's how I enjoy interacting with people. Like I, I don't like surface level stuff. Like, Mm. like I really like I, I, I do, I do, I like it. I like conversation. I love connecting with people and stuff like that. But like for me, what fuels me, like you as an extrovert, you're fueled by social interaction. What fuels me is like deep social interaction Mm. like let's drop the bullshit and acknowledge that we're fucking infinite and go from there yeah Mm. like let's we're all we're everything Mm. yeah i hear that what i what it would what, what occurs to me immediately is you have a natural tendency to approach things from a mental standpoint first right you being a very mind oriented person and then you also have this slight aversion to water which we Use the analogy of being stuck on the shoreline, which is um, honestly every. But person. I always want to be in the water. I know. I don't but, necessarily but, have but an aversion a, to water. But there's a subconscious part of you that's you don't just you, you rarely do you just run and dive in, and I think, maybe that's an aversion to the cold though. Yes, but I think there's something symbolic about it. Do you ever have dreams of bodies of water? You being near bodies of water, in bodies of water. Yeah, a lot. So that's a longing for emotional release of some kind. It's a longing for emotional But if it falls up to me, I'd swim every substance. single day. Yeah. And, and when you have the opportunity, I've seen you seize that. I'm not saying you don't seize. I'm not saying you don't go deep. You, you do all these things. Rightfully so. You, you do all these things well. Um, all I'm saying is just to acknowledge the natural tendency because you're good at actually knowing the tendency and bypassing it. But I'm saying acknowledge the tendency first because it can lead you to some deeper sort of introspective understanding of yourself. What tendency? The tendency to to be a bit scared to go into the water, even if it's a subconscious thing and even if it occurs for two and a half seconds. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, is it the water or is it the cold? Because if it's a hot day, I will... You, you've seen me. If it's a hot day, I'll dive straight in well like, why, don't we, why, don't, why don't we take this less from a literal sense and yeah. take it into the emotional analogy of you wanting to connect with someone or even connecting with someone and, and then as you said so, you are totally aware of everything and you're trying to breathe deeply and just you know what i mean with that situation i have had interactions where i've wanted to like have a certain conversation with that person and i walk away from like a day of hanging out with them feeling like i've gone nowhere and i wasn't able to get there mm. I've definitely been aware of that. What emotion does that leave you feeling when that happens? Like disconnected. 
disconnected because you feel like you socialized, but you didn't get nourished. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm not seen. I have this thing wow. about being seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then again, like this thing about have that. this thing about being seen is like, I've always had this thing where it's like, I struggle to see myself. Mm. So, talk, you, you talked about this before on the podcast and of course i actually related. think that might have been one of the podcasts that we deleted Reese. that we oh really yeah like i think that was, <laughs> okay. it was one of those i don't think i've actually talked about it openly but yeah yeah fair enough fair enough i understand the not being seen not being like understood that's kind of a very fundamental, fundamental thing part of the human experience yeah, yeah it's like i see you i understand you and i always and i've said this many 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 times i quite understanding with love because from understanding that can suit from from absolute understanding that will start to flip into appreciation and that's what i think love is love is is those two things and if you don't feel understood well then you don't feel loved and if you don't feel loved well of course you're going to go away from a social interaction saying well that didn't benefit me at all yeah but let's well okay go on go on this is how i correlate what you're saying i i mean i guess related to vulnerability i don't like love the vulnerable parts of myself because when I am in this vulnerability I feel like grounded I feel um I feel like very stagnant I I feel like I don't want to be productive and I don't want to do the things that make me feel efficient and Mm. like I'm contributing to society and then I really like struggle to love those parts of myself where Mm. it's like the part of me that just wants to lie around all day and watch TV shows and get absolutely nothing done and contribute you nothing to my household. Yourself, I, I hate, do hate that part of myself. Yeah. And, so, and I think lots of people do. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. Yeah. Cause you could tend to feel like a, a waste of space on planet earth. If you're just sitting there mindlessly binging stuff and not doing anything of substance or of value or of service to anyone and just being immersed in dopamine and entertainment and like not growing in any way. It's, into, and that can, then be, the, that can be debated because you can grow from watching things in some way. Um, you can obtain knowledge from it. Yeah. But that's a really intriguing thing that you just said just now because you disliking the parts of yourself that are not productive and not lazy. And obviously you've spent years in the going in the opposite direction of hyper productivity, hyper um, just do, 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 do. And then when you start to slow down and need to recover – this is almost an inevitable uh, like pendulum swinging the other way kind of situation yeah. where you're being kind of you're being guided to do nothing. You're being told to do nothing by everyone who knows you I literally and sees am. what you're going through and the universe. And the universe. Yeah. And so that, that's an interesting you meant an interesting thing you mentioned before about signs. And anyone who believes in omens or synchronicities or signs from the universe or whatever, mm. all the same things to some extent, you are getting the information you need. You're you're like, "Cool, I hear you. The message is loud and clear." And then you'll go and do, you feel empty and then you'll go and be like, you know what? You know what brought my emptiness into a positive place before was routine. I'm going to be fully routine tomorrow. I'm going to write down everything I do, what time I do it. I'm going to do it that way. And you finish your day and you feel like shit still. And it's very interesting. Sometimes you just have to, and I've been here so many times and I'll be here again in the future, but sometimes you just have to be a lazy asshole. And be self-obsessed and be a bit... Like, okay, as you're I'm saying that, I, as you're saying that, I hate you. You're hating me right <laughs> now. Just you like, can see your face <laughs> and you're seething with rage. But like, you're even not, though but we, you kind of are. No, but it's even subtle, though we had this conversation earlier, it's like the somatic reaction. And I think it makes sense from like the place Why? that... Why? Why do you hate that? I think, it, I think it comes from the place that I was in when I was like heavily depressed and then coming away from that. It's like, now I love myself because I've gotten to this place. But then it was like, yeah, but you didn't love yourself when you were in that 
place before. Do you know what I'm saying? Ooh, conditional so, love so it's right like, there. It's like when I, I started feeling self-love when I got Deep. away from being depressed. But then mm. now that I'm depressed again, I'm just like... That is so cool. I, I now th- I need to love the really depressed, stagnant, yeah. icky, gross parts of myself. Well, it just... You, you can label it like that or you can just go like, I just need to love all of myself. Well, yeah, and everyone that has... That is the whole thing. Everyone has those sides to them. I've had months of being like lazy and and needing to dopamine full like I, I fill myself with things that i don't necessarily need constant comedy constant but this is beyond the, I've had, the lazy behavior though like this is the thing like i'm not it's not just lazy behavior like well it's it is just, but it's chronic lazy behavior no it's not it's it's beyond that it's it's like i mean i guess lazy behaviorness it's all involved somehow. but it's it's like Depletion. it's actually it's actually heavy emotion it's actually heavy emotion. It's beyond just feeling lazy. It is okay, like I, I feel fundamentally sad and I can't shake it. Mm. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is why I've been concerned for the last year of my life. It's like, I'm just, I am at a loss as to what is going on. And I think this is not universal advice. Like lean into the sadness, lean into the stagnancy. It's not, lean in, it's not because universal Because I think advice. most people would, people would benefit from where I was. Exactly. Yeah. Most people n- would need to do what I was doing for myself before. That's right. But, but like been there, done that. That's not where I'm. And this is why I'm saying that's like, well I, said. like it's, I, it's very personal. Yeah. Like that's why I'm fully acknowledging that it is like a very alchemizing path. It is mm. a transforming part of transformative part of my overall whack human experience where it's like now you're depressed there's no reason but this is this is the work now like oh there is there's not no reason there's always a reason there's always a reason but it's like you can't go back to what worked before by any means to get yourself out of (laughs) it you need to find a whole different and this is what i've been saying as well like i need to find a whole different toolkit i need to find entirely new practices i need to upgrade in every single way and like that Mm. in itself is just it's it, that's been exhausting because I'm like oh great the exercises that I was doing are no longer effective cool the breath work that I was doing no longer feels good oh the meditation that I was doing no longer does anything for me like it's everything the food mm. that I used to eat no longer nourishes me even yeah. that yeah that's crazy and it's cool like having this conversation like I'm starting to feel a little bit clearer about yeah the whole thing but it's like but it's not even about like mental clarity that's the thing as well like I've been feeling so foggy like I don't know how to articulate because it's not a mental construct it's like a mm. it's a feeling yeah it's a feeling interesting so if you had to describe the feeling which is obviously i know it's not mental but if you had to describe the symptoms it would just be i'm correct me if i'm wrong but like general sluggishness low energy cloudiness cloudiness like headedness confusion lack of dazed, clarity lack of clarity lack of motivation and heavy Mm. heavy like before all the shit went down last year it was an impending sense of doom and after all the shit went down it was just a heavy sense of like grief and Mm. fatigue Mm. and like i really do believe that i really believe that time is so much more fluid than we pretend it is and i do think that this is also the repercussions of going through like a really heavy period of time and the the intuitive part of me knew it was coming Mm -hmm. and then the human part of me is just now moving through that as trying well. Trying to get through it. Trying to, trying to get through it. And another thing I will mention is that about being in this space of like deep, like being vulnerable in this space, my intuition has opened up so hardcore. Like mm. even I haven't told you a story, but like people keep popping into my head from the past. Like they, they, doesn't, they don't keep, but like 
all of a sudden and a random moment, a person from my past will pop into my head. And then the day after I'll get an email from them or they'll walk up to me five minutes later. Yeah. Like, and I haven't thought about this person in yonks. Like they're not, they don't even, they're not even in my life. It's just mm. like somebody I met one time and I thought about them and then here they are again. So like mm. even my intuition has been an, like a synchronicity, like an affirmation, like, like my, like somehow I'm losing my, my stability and like my mental, like my mental stability. Like I think I'm losing my mind and I think I'm losing my progress and stuff like that. But here's my intuition. That's like bang on more than ever. And so that's a weird thing, right? And why do you think that is? Can I tell you why I think it is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd have an answer. Um, probably you do, but need more time. So I think it's because of what I was saying earlier, the feminine versus masculine thing. And like the feminine being like, so, like so feminine that mysterious. Is, it is. It's intuitive. Esoteric. It's esoteric. Yeah. It's deep. It's emotional. Yeah. And emotions are the language of the soul. And so when you can understand those language, interpret them and connect with them and, you know, start to move away from mental energy into, into the interpretation of emotional energy. Well, that can be, that's one way to receive beyond the senses of information which is also known as extrasensory perception or intuition. Mm. And that's damn cool because it actually, it is exactly what I was going to say. It's exciting. And it actually reaffirms what you just said before, which is the need to upgrade your practices because the way I see it now, I'm going to use an analogy that I have no place doing, but I'm just going to try. Okay. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Let's say you're a painter and you have eight colors that you work with constantly. And you've now painted 300 paintings and you're like, this is so boring and I need more colors, I need more flavor and I just can't get this shade right and I can't get this kind of scenery right and my oceans look dull and lifeless and I just don't know what to do. Now you're being called to actually put more colors on your palette and this confusion is like, it's almost like you've been handed the colors and you're like, wait, what are these? What do you want to do with these? And almost now in this conversation or today, or maybe sometime in the near future, you're going to realize, oh, these colors actually belong on the palette. And then once you have the colors on the palette, Mm. you'll be painting a different reality for yourself constantly and a necessary one. It's like, even, even like we've been having this conversation about upgrading my toolkit. So for example, I was meditating, Mm. like we spoke about this a few episodes ago, how I was, my meditations look the same every morning and it was great, Mm. but like it stopped doing anything for me. And so for the past week, I've all of a sudden been meditating on like, I don't know, like filling my body with like energetic lighter fluid and then setting myself on fire with this violet flame. And like, what does that a, even mean? That's a cool meditation. But it's been doing something for me for the past week. Like, what has I've it been, been doing? Meditating for 20 minutes and I'm just lost in that meditation. I come out and I feel different. And, and you blink and, and before and it's it was over. like, yeah, I blink and it's over. Before <laughs> I was like going to meditation, I come out and I'm like, I still feel like shit. But now I'm like going in, I'm coming out and I'm like, I do feel different. And so like, mm, that's, so that's You're like, already doing it. I mean, I'm the upgrades. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. With the meditation practice, I definitely feel You're like there's more different. to explore. It's like more explorative, yeah. but, um, that's something else I want to say. I can't remember. Can I interject here? Yeah. Because I feel like the last time I was in that place is when I dove super hard into the need to be constantly reading a book and a book, not just a book, a novel, not just a story, but I'm talking about something that is there to upgrade some part of my life. And I'm so glad that you're finally doing that now. I don't know if we've mentioned this on air before, but you just started reading, what was it, Breathe? By breath. James Nestor. Is it breath or is it breathe? Breath. There's no E at the end. I always confuse that. I'm pretty much like a very good with grammar. 
but at least on the paper. But that one, <laughs> that one always gets me. <laughs> breath yeah, or yeah. breathe? Okay, so breath. That's fascinating. I'm so glad that you're reading that book. And I'm so anyone who's interested in breath or the the breathing process, how that affects the physiology. My God, that's a riveting read. Um, that is so necessary. I think as someone like me personally, I'm always looking for new tools. I love, I'm like a, almost like a tool junkie. I love coming across new tools. I try them all on and I keep the ones that serve me and the other ones I don't think about, or maybe they might serve me later, but you know, they just kind of sit there gathering dust in my tool shed. Not that I know what it's like to have a tool shed because I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, that's I'm I'm so like riveted to hear. So tell everyone where you got that violet flame idea from cuz that is a peculiar meditation. No, I don't want to. But um Oh, fine. Okay. Just keep it mysterious. Okay. Some of their pop, business. Some of their business. Okay. I'll, I'll, if you want to know, message me on Instagram. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what. It was an affirmation as well though. Mm. But um it, that's a that's a cool story about synchronicity as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth saying the story. No, I really do. It's not Can I say it? Business. No. Um, I oh, wanted to ask you, so like, okay, what's a tool fine. for accessing your emotions on a regular basis? Like, how do you check in with yourself? Because I'll go days and convince myself that I'm feeling nothing. I'm not feeling. I'm what are you? Fine. Okay, okay. I'm fine. Me, I'm fine. I'm baseline. Me, I'm fine. Let me understand what you mean by fine slash baseline. Okay. Yeah. Because like. So much of the time, like, you'll ask me how I am and I'll say I'm fine. And then, then I can hear in your tone that you're not okay. Yeah. And so I'll ask you again, then yeah. maybe you'll get annoyed or maybe you'll just be like, no, I'm okay, it's fine. And usually when you answer like this and your voice goes higher, it's like the very obvious indication <laughs> of a lie. Whether it's subconscious or conscious, you're just, you're not fine. But I'm not even able to crack myself in those moments. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do I just be like, like I don't know, like... Do you just force yourself to speak? Uh, like even sometimes in that, like I feel like I can. Does it work be, for you? Did I say it already in this conversation? But I feel like I can be having a conversation, but I'm not in it. And so like that for me feels like so it's autopilot. It feels like a like a stuck like a heaviness in my like throat and my gut, and mm. I'm like speaking about my emotions, but I'm not feeling my emotions. Like I can mm. be telling you that like I've been sad, like I've been feeling really really sad for a long time, but. Or I'm like sad about like losing my bird recently or something, but I don't feel that in that moment. And so how do you, I don't know, like how do you crack that? It's a personal thing. I don't have an answer that's going to work for You've you. You've got to figure out your own I can way. tell you what works for me. Yeah. I don't have an answer for anyone yeah. on most things, but I can tell you what works for me. Um, for me, it's one of two things. As I mentioned earlier, express it is the first thing. Now, I don't know how drawing relates to expression or if it does. So I've been, I've but been I would creatively argue, clogged. I would argue that for you, someone who connects so much to movement, something you could do there is dance. That I've would, been, yeah, movement has been... That could, that could work. Yeah. But, but I'm not talking about rigid structured movement. Like flow. Because we're talking about emotions here and those things are not necessarily rigid and structured. Mm. And if they are, you're probably a robot and you should go find your power source and take it out and try again as a human. The thing with you is you're trying to get into some kind of state that is like on the other side of a fence and you can see it there. It's like a barbed wire fence. You're like, Oh, I see you. I see you. I see you. Yeah. And you can talk about it and you can point at it, Yes. but you need to go and stand with it Yeah. and you just can't climb this fence. And, and it's just a wondrous thing to you. It's like, ah, oh, but 
hmm, how do you climb the fence? And how does he climb the fence? And how is she climbing the fence? And it's constantly just this, this element of confusion associated with you trying to get to that thing. And I would argue that for a lot of people, there is no fence. That thing is just there. Or maybe there's a fence there, but they have a ladder. What you're looking for is that bridge, mm-hmm. that thing that's going to get you to that fence. And that's the thing that I can't really tell you what that is. Yeah. That exists as a different thing for every single person. For me, if I'm feeling particularly shit, if it's really bad, sometimes I'll play guitar for, for a while and just improvise and improvise and put the emotion into sound. And once I hear it, it's almost as if I feel seen and I feel heard because I am experiencing what I am doing. So that in that way, I'm a mirror for myself. My witness is and my witness and my ego are, are uniting in a, an experience which is a representation of the way I'm feeling. Now, this is what I was going to say for you. Drawing is a big part of your life. But And please explain this to me because I don't know how this works. Does drawing release emotion for you or is it more like an analytical, logical kind of process or is it both i don't know how that is yeah i i mean i think movement is the way that i release my emotion like my movement is much more like mm. a, like emotionally motivated than my drawing practices i would say um but uh one of the things that really helped me unclog the other day was journaling but not just journaling like actually letting myself get ugly with the journaling process like oh. letting myself get real teen angsty it was the first time in a long time where i've written you go just, my chemical romance on i went my chemical romance on my journals <laughs> nice, oh, dude. Dude. I, I, it was fully nice. melodramatic I, and it was like gross you, you... and while i was writing i was like in full awareness of like you don't really think this way you don't really mm. believe these thoughts but then writing them out it was still like coming from there's still like a truth to it where mm. it's like i can acknowledge that i hate myself but i also love the crap out of myself at the same time but like yeah. let it be acknowledged you yeah. know and so in writing down that like real melodramatic like cathartic passage that definitely plunged it for me and so maybe it is just like radical self-acknowledgement mm. like like letting myself be a little drama queen yeah and and like holding myself in that yep and then from there like doing the movement practice or something like that that's a similar affirmation to what i was describing with music in terms of having your emotions mirrored back to another part of yourself that's yeah. just there along for the ride. Like so, let your subconscious speak, let your let yeah, your let it out. subconscious baby mind speak just, or whatever yeah, it is. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And just be with it. Yeah. And they say that if you want to understand the world and what's happening around you, you have to read. Yeah. But if you want to understand yourself, you have to write. And mm. I think that what you said just now, like that journaling process seems to help you understand yourself it does so getting ugly with a journal yeah. and then saying so long and good night yeah. closing the journal do you see what i did there you <laughs> I, see, I there? Do, you see I what do. i did there? i love it <laughs> closing the journal and just being like okay that got messy that yeah. got dark and that's okay it's okay Full stop yeah i still see you and i know that even though even though my words made it out like i don't love myself well as you said i also do love yeah. myself and, and i took that time for that part of myself you did and like i also mentioned on the podcast recently like my journal is still such a reflection of my mind's mm. like my state of mind and now even visually too we've talked about that it's pretty cool like the messy it's like quite amazing if you want to see how depressed i was for the last year like you haven't <laughs> seen it i haven't really my, you'd look at my journal you'd be like what the fuck danica like what mm. happened here it's it's actually like it's kind of sad and scary but um but like now it's definitely starting to come back together mm. and uh, it's not looking like i'm not drawing or like using color it's just like neater handwriting and mm. like longer passages and but um that's definitely like 
There's more it care involved. Helps. It helps. There's more care involved. It helps. I'm taking the time for myself. So that I guess that helps. But um, if you think of that as a visual representation of how much you're able to tolerate and be with yourself and connect with your emotions, you can almost see visually how by how much through through looking at how much care you put into your journal, you're able to see how much care and how much time and energy you put into accessing your emotion and and feeling and almost and almost helping yourself mm. and i think i love that i think journaling is a powerful process mm. i i do it when i need it you know but it's not something that i have found helps me too much but i know you and i've known you i'm going to use this weird terminology i've known you on journaling off journaling you know journaling once a month journaling Bullet once every journaling, six months i've, like, I've known you on all different writing drawing yeah, yeah all exactly ways of using your journal yeah and with different intensities as well yeah. And you do better on journaling. So what I would say to anyone who relates to, to you in terms of how do I how do I access that emotion? How do I how do I get to the other side of that barbed wire fence where I can see this thing? I know it's there and I'm just looking at it, but I can't feel it and I can't release it and it's getting to me. How do I do that? Well I would say right. I would say that could be a great bridge into accessing your emotion i think like just to start to wrap things up a little bit just because i think that we've been going on for a while that's our job we go on i hate having these long ass episodes though man like if how long is this i last time we looked at the time was nine o'clock and we had already been podcasting for like 10 minutes so i don't know i don't think it's a problem I do. But anyway, just if to keep going, regardless, yeah, I think we will, <laughs> <laughs> to keep going regardless. Um, Thank you. But I think I, I keep thinking about like, cool, I'm dipping into this more like yin feminine state of being now, but, but at, like ultimately on the other side of this, it's going to be about integrating both sides of my being. Bingo. And so I think like, this is how it can start to happen where it's like, you're using like, you're routinely checking in with your emotions. So you're routinely mm. making the effort to journal and to like yes. in that journaling process, it's flowy. It can be messy. It can be whatever. That's the integration. But you're structuring routine, it in every day emotion, of your life. Yeah. One unit. Yeah. Amazing. So these are the kind of things that I keep trying to remind myself of. And like, yeah, I don't know. Is it helping who fucking, I don't know. Honestly, but, um, I think that's a beautiful realization because you've just found a point of integration for the two worlds that you've been on separate sides of. Yeah. You're now in the feminine, deeply engulfed in it. And, that's amazing. If you can acknowledge that you are yourself as someone who's who, who you find that. Let me try again using better words. You have found that it's harder for you to access your emotions. So you make a habit of accessing your emotions. Yeah, you it's, make a habit of it. Like anything, It's as simple as like if, you, going if you suck at something, do it more and you'll be better at it. Literally, it's exactly. It's so simple. Yeah. Like going to the gym. Yeah. Like swimming, which you also became really good at recently. Yeah. Any coincidence as to how that became a thing, that a theme of your life as this changed? No. You needed it. I don't want to lift weights or anything anymore. I just want to swim. Mm. I just want to swim. So it's interesting. Honestly, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I think that everyone will, has... Or is going, or, or or is going through something similar yeah. in some way. It's I'm a very. I'm still so in it though. Yeah. I'm still so in it. Like I'm still so like. Yeah, yeah, but you and a lot of people. And I think it is a lot of people. The world's whack. The weather's whack. The social political situations whack. It's just, it's crazy times, man. And it's but it's all like it's all like an internal external reflection. Like it's not just like it's the world's whack because we're being alchemized and i think it's important to remember that as well it's like i'm not like this because of the world it's like me and the world are going through it together mm. that's how i feel at least but if there was, if there was a dollar being donated to uh 
poverty or world hunger every time someone said the phrase crazy times in the last two years oh, i'm so sick of hearing the, even the word God. times yeah like in yeah these trying yeah. times in these in these difficult times i'm like shut the fuck yeah, up yeah i just had to point out like even i do like, it there's well. no place for that on this no podcast. it's so annoying <laughs> it's, it's almost so... like i'd rather you say the most vulgar horrible swear words <laughs> Then t- say crazy times. Like and the C say, word to me is that. And when you say times, like everyone knows what you're talking about instantly. And it's yeah. Like, uh, but I'm not even. I'm not even. And I'm not. I'm not trying to say that's not happening. I'm yeah. just saying those two words are so common. Yeah, I know. No, even yeah, I am repulsed <laughs> by them myself. Yeah, yeah, it's made me a bit like. Yeah, I'm just like oh, like yeah. Oh. Like shut the fuck up, everyone. Yeah, everyone gets. We it. get it. We, we get, get it. it. Yeah. But yeah, I know it's been hard for a lot of people, and I understand that. And so many people had their world flipped on their worlds flipped on their head. Yeah. But as but, you're finding now, like just trusting through it and cultivate a sense of presence, trust, and surrender. Uh, that's all. That's what I'm working on. Yeah. Like and then it's habit, a real opportunity. It's not. It's not pretty. Habit. It's not like being a monk meditating in the middle of the blue mountains retreat it's like no you're you're at home you're heavily depressed and it's like now we do the work now mm. we trust and surrender and i'm, a, I'm actually i'm okay guys as well like, i know don't freak out and don't yeah. don't reach out i don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> i know you hate people yeah no you don't, don't talk you to don't me. hate people no but. i love everyone actually i love a lot i have a big heart and i love and i feel lots of things i've mm-hmm. just like dissociated from that it's just coming back to that i feel a lot you will come back to that yeah. when you stay habitual with your journaling yeah. you will naturally build one step higher one step higher once then one day you'll just get over the fence it's more like, than Bam, just it's like more than great. just a journaling it's a little bit of everything well but it's like, it's i like think allowing- the journaling is the only thing that mirrors your emotions and allows you to feel that you are heard here's another thing to you here's another thing i stopped doing in this whole process of dissociating from my emotional state of being stop listening to my favorite album but like Wait, recently which album is that the perfect, perfect element, element. Okay, dude recently i am like upset all i want to do is go away and listen to the perfect element it's like such like a little emo kid i just want to go for a walk and listen to the perfect element and i'm like <laughs> leaning back into that album and like that makes me feel everything know, that makes I me know. feel my entire emotional spectrum I know. and so I'm getting even- emotional talking about yeah, I know. <laughs> that album oh my god but like even that Ooh. like i stopped listening to that album because i don't want to feel because it makes me feel everything. And so I literally, like, until that drive that we had recently where we listened to it, I hadn't listened to The Perfect Element mm. for maybe a year. Yeah, holy shit. So it's like maybe... Doing the things that connect you to the parts of yourself that are vulnerable yeah. is something you avoid when you're yeah. scared to be vulnerable and you're scared to actually go to those places that, you know, go and be with that emotion on the other side of the fence. So maybe it's like actually go there. Yeah. Like actually... Yeah. Force, force yourself. yourself. Force yourself. Like Watch if- those movies that's your process listen to those albums yeah go like talk about that loss connect with someone who's feeling it too yeah Mm. perhaps perhaps i'm not saying this is something you need to do but if you suspect that that emotion on the other side of the fence that ominous thing that's just lurking there that you can see but not put your finger on and not reach if um you might want to explore the idea that that could be grief and it could be grief related because of course like it's important that everyone realize that like your pet you had for 17 years and at the most crucial most developmental times in your life yeah that's huge man that's a huge thing yeah like i think i need to acknowledge more like how not okay i am without him as well yeah yeah and that's a hard thing to do and that's why you'd be scared to feel and be averted to the things that make you feel but i think that um if you don't understand the grieving process, I know I 
don't really. It's natural to me, but I don't know that I'm the master of grieving. I have no idea. I do what feels intuitive to me, but I don't know. So I was going to suggest that if I was in that situation, I would actually try reading some or listen to some videos of some people talking about the grieving process, understand it, mm-hmm. understand how to work through it correctly. Yeah. Because there is no, a method. No, there's no, there's no correct way. No, but there and are every, general guidelines. But there are general guidelines. Or maybe things just you connecting can do. with working through the grieving process. Yeah, think, give it, give it some attention, mm-hmm. and maybe look at it as a potential variable or factor as to why you may be feeling particularly low the last few months and i know you mentioned it was longer than that but it could all be related to the but same that's what thing. i'm saying like time is fluid like i yeah, think that i was yeah. grieving before i lost him yeah i knew the day he died that he was gonna die yeah i knew so. i saw it in your face that you had seen it in his face i said it to, and you, I said and it to you called it in the first second i said it yeah and I was like, oh, she's being melodramatic. Like, he's probably fine. He's probably just going to vomit and then be better. And then that is not what happened. Yeah. But hey, I I just wanted to say that to anyone who relates to what we're saying, and, and to you especially, Danico, these are hard things for a lot of people to do including myself and including anyone yeah. who's a human, these are hard things to go through. These are hard things to talk about openly. So just, I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing this beautiful, raw human part of yourself with me and with the podcast listeners, because I just appreciate that. It's what makes this podcast so human and so live. And so I guess relatable to some people. And if it's not relatable now, maybe they'll stumble upon this episode closer to a time next nearby to grief. Um, and it might help them, you know, so you're, you're, you're addressing this and it's not only going to help you is what I'm trying to say. I appreciate, I really appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you holding space for it. And I appreciate everyone listening because, um, like we, this is, this podcast is technically a week late and I haven't been wanting to say anything because I guess I've just been wanting to have this conversation. This like, conversation I haven't wanted to had. post on social media. I haven't wanted to record pod- podcast episodes because this conversation, like this very conversation has been building up inside of me. And so mm. I'm really grateful that I get to express it and um, share it with the world. It's, it it's, the world. A, it's a beautiful thing. It's real. It's just like fully where I'm at fully. Mm. Like I'm trying to be, yeah, I want to be authentic and this is where I'm at. So that is completely authentic. Completely. Thank you for sharing. Was there anything else you wanted to add or should we let our listeners go with a beautiful song? <laughs> you want me to sing a song? I'm uh, not going to. I was going to say the theme song, but if you want to sing a song, I mean, I'd definitely prefer that. Uh, Why don't you do a rendition of the outro song? Piano? <laughs> 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 <laughs>